and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Chamberlain. How are you doing, Matt? It's good. It's a good new year. Yeah, it's 2019. How about that? We made it to 2019. The, <laughs> podcast, the podcast made it to 2019. Um, how, how was your holiday? We took like a couple week break here. Yeah. It was kind of nice. I desperately needed it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was real good. But it's at the same time nice to be back. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, before we get into the show, remember to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod. And uh, to fi- fi- find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher if you haven't already. We also have a Facebook page. If you search uh, Couch GM Podcast, you'll find us and you'll uh, see our uh, artwork that you probably have looked at if you're listening to this uh, in podcast form. Matt, why don't you take us through episode 11, which was our last episode of 2018. Yeah. So way back when Kelly Oubre and Trevor Reza got swapped um, following the botched Memphis phoenix washington trade um we we talked a bit about that our main topic for episode 11 was a christmas wish list for six different teams we hit on portland washington boston sacramento detroit and utah over the break uh my game of the week was warriors mavs i had predicted the warriors winning by 15 it ends up mavs made it a pretty good game but the Warriors won by four, 120 to 116. Ryan's game of the week, game of the break. I don't know. Should change that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he had predicted the Celtics uh, would beat the 76ers by nine. Celtics beat 76ers by seven, 121 to 114. Uh, again, my does my streak continue into yeah. <laughs> 2019? Probably not. <laughs> you you hit your peak. Yeah, it's I peaked. <laughs> I'm like the uh, I don't know any bottom feeding team now in the West. Like when they peaked in like week two, about to go down. About to go downhill. Um, so th- now that we're back from break, there's a lot that's happened in the NBA yeah. <laughs> since we last talked about it. Um, Austin Rivers got picked up by Houston while the Nuggets waved Nick Young as kind of like a fill-in for all those injuries. Injuries, Yeah, Uh, LeBron uh, went out with a groin injury on Christmas Day uh, against the Warriors, and he's still uh, out a few more for a few more games, at least another week. Um, uh, another Laker, Rondo, having surgery on his finger out three to four weeks. John Wall having surgery on his foot heel out six to eight months. He's done for the season. Yeah, he's out. Which, rest in peace, <laughs> Washington Wizards. <laughs> I, I still feel like they're gunning for the playoffs. <laughs> they shouldn't, but you're probably right. They are. I mean, is Bradley Beal enough to take that team to the playoffs? I mean, there's only five teams in the East right now with a winning record. <laughs> so, Oof. anything is possible. <laughs> anything is possible. And that's a dangerous thing for a lot of teams in the East. Uh, Goran Dragic having knee surgery out two months. Aaron Baines having finger surgery out three to five weeks. And we got another trade, which uh, is whatever, I guess. <laughs> Memphis was really set on getting rid of Marshawn Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they traded Marshawn Brooks. Uh, Memphis traded Marshawn Brooks and Wayne Selden and two second round picks. <laughs> For Justin Holiday in Chicago. That's what Chicago traded to Memphis. 
That's a lot to give up. Four assets? For Justin Holiday, which he's having a nice little year, but he's a he's a bench player on a playoff team who maybe cracks the playoff rotation. I mean he's a what is, I think he's like shooting like high thirties and threes, like a three and D it type may, of guy. He may have clipped gone over forty percent this year so far. But yeah, but I mean that's with Chicago, so is it kind of loose stats yeah, there? Right. Padded so, stats. That's a thing. Um is interesting a side note on this. If Memphis wants to trade Justin Holiday, they can before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Like maybe, I mean, Wayne Seldon and Marshawn Brooks aren't m- much of an asset, so maybe they look at this as getting yeah another asset. someone that a playoff team might actually want. Yeah, as opposed to these other guys and second round picks. I I don't like giving two second round picks for Is Justin it, Holiday, but yeah, it was this year's second and next year's second. I don't like that for Memphis, you're a team that's not guaranteed to make the playoffs. That could be a pretty good second round pick. And after you just hit on a guy like I'm, Dylan Brooks, who you value with your life in the second round. I mean, Draymond was picked in the second round. I, There's I, a lot again, of good players yeah. who've been picked in the second round. I don't know why you couldn't just give away one. Yeah, second round pick, but whatever. It's like they overbid. Yeah. Against everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Um, So a big topic uh, of this podcast is going to be uh, New Year's resolutions slash uh, New Year, New Me. Uh, You know, everyone's setting those resolutions. I am not because I know I'm not going to carry through (laughs) with my resolutions. Can't lose if you don't play the game. Uh, and I feel like that's what some of these teams will turn out to be. And I'm sure we'll have a podcast in mid-February on who gave up on their new, new Year's resolutions. Um, but Matt, let's get into New Year, New Me. Uh, four teams that could turn around or pull away here in 2019. Yeah. So I put Toronto as my first team. I don't think they're they're not going to be new, but they're going to continue what they've been doing and and pull away. I think it's one of the top two teams in yeah. the East, like definitively. Because right now, kind of briefly mentioned it, there's five teams in the East that have a winning record. Everyone else is right around 500 or very very below. Just stinks. That yeah. So out of those five teams, I'm thinking for sure Toronto is going to be one of them yeah. that pulls away. Now Kyle Lowry just started having some back problems so part of me is like second guessing it but at the same time I think Toronto could be a a team with Kawhi playing so well I know they had the the reunion in San Antonio that didn't go so hot um but that wasn't Kawhi's fault that was he played really well that was everyone else playing like garbage yeah um I think that was a good wake up and they come back immediately and beat the Bucks pretty handedly, um, even with Giannis going off. So I like Toronto's team. I still like their depth. I still like Kawhi as the leader. I think they pull away uh, as one of the top two, if not even the top one in the East in terms of seeding moving forward. Nice. Um, so my team, my first team is Houston. And I say they turn around. Some say they have turned the corner because they're well above 500 mm-hmm. now. They're, what, like fifth in the West. Um, James Harden's playing out of his mind. However, <laughs> MVP. However, comma, CP3 is not inserted into the lineup. I don't think Eric Gordon, he's out right now, yeah, right? So is. they have to figure it out when those guys return to the lineup. 
And that's my caveat with this team. Can you turn around with a fully healthy team? Whatever that means. Maybe CP3 doesn't come ever come back fully healthy. He like, still doesn't know when he's coming back. They that, asked him that the other day. That could be a real possibility. Like, this is his, what, like, f- fifth 14. or sixth hamstring, hamstring in, injury? It feels like it. And he's 14 years into the league now. That's, that's a lot it's of a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. Um, and when he does come back, what does it look like? How does how does he mesh with Austin Rivers now that they picked him up? Yeah. Um, I think Austin Rivers has been playing really well for him. He's kind of been the substitute CP3 for a lack of uh, poor man CP3 yeah. playing defense, let, getting out of the way of James yeah. Harden, letting him score. Yeah. So what is what does it mean for Houston uh, when everyone's healthy and how does that look? And um, I watched their. Uh, the game that CP3 got injured in Miami, their spacing was off, and they didn't look good in their pick and roll. And so they have to figure that out. Um, And I'm sure they can, especially when James Harden's playing like an MVP. But it's interesting to watch for it in 2019. No, that is. Like, because he's just been on such a tear. Yeah. And we'll talk about Houston a little more um, in this podcast. My, My team after... Uh, for new year, new me, and this is truly a new me situation. Is Utah? We mm. we talked about them this year, and yet they're still at the time of this podcast sitting at twenty and twenty. They're, I mean, they are just the most average middle of the road. They're twelve and twelve against the Western Conference. They're eight and eight at home. Oh like my God, it, the most middle, middle like of the road they just, team. They can't like string anything together mm-hmm. right now. Like they're six and four in their last. 10 games like they just can't put together a run right now and part of me thinks like they have enough talent and I also believe so much in Quinn Snyder their head coach that they are going to be able to at some point put together a run Mm -hmm. but I don't know they they cause me to struggle because out of all the teams in the west they've played the fewest games or some of the fewest if not the least amount of games against the other Western Conference opponents like they've had a lot of games against the East in comparison to other Western Conference teams Yikes. so part of me is like do they do they actually put together what they can do because I think they can do it I still believe in Donovan Mitchell and I believe everyone else on that team can play better it's just they they haven't quite got there yet they're in the nine seed though like I know, I know it's not the playoffs, but they're still right there, even though they've played average to mediocre basketball through half the year. And this is where they turned around last last year. season, yeah, right about that halfway point, and then they went like a ridiculous, like winning seventy five percent of their games afterwards. Which I don't know. It'll be interesting I, to watch. You can't bank on that, but at the same right. time, they've done it once. Why not do it again? So they're a new me team. I don't know if that means the playoffs, but I think that means better basketball. Did you see the other night? I think it was, I don't know if it was last night. They were in Detroit and Donovan Mitchell like went on a tear (laughs) and he turns to Andre Drummond and said, you did this. Yeah, this is your fault. (laughs) They were working. They were wearing the slick purple Utah Jazz jerseys. Maybe that's just it. Wear those jerseys. (laughs) Every night. And to have that like that mentality where Donovan's just like, yeah, I'm better than you. <laughs> like he needs that. I know it's not necessarily like a good like system thing, but at the same time, like you need to do it like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's so vastly different from most other rookies who came in last year, like Tatum and Simmons, mm-hmm. because they have players around them 
other yeah. superstar level. Utah doesn't have that, yeah. so it's really just like, hey Donovan, do things, do things, please. <laughs> yeah, and like, we'll see if it works out. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Interesting to see how uh, Utah handles that and if they can make a playoff push. So who is your last team? My last team is the Boston Celtics. And it's (laughs) it's interesting that I say that because what their top 10 in in, uh, offensive efficiency, which they haven't looked fantastic, (laughs) even though they are top 10 and they're fourth in defensive rating. So it's weird for me to say, yeah, they're going to turn around when they're Top ten in both of those categories, where most teams would be like killing to be there. But it doesn't feel like they're a top ten team in offense, at least. It doesn't feel like they've meshed all of their pieces together yet. And I think at the beginning of the season, we knew it would take some time. And we, the idea is always like all star break. That's when Mm -hmm. you need to start really like hitting your stride. So they still have time. They have about a month. But what is this lineup? Jalen Brown's been playing for the most part better. Yeah. Jason Tatum's still kind of struggling. Yeah, it's still putting up though like sixteen points a game. That's the thing. <laughs> he's struggling. He's but like putting he's... up sixteen and eight. <laughs> like that's the thing. I'm saying he's struggling, but it's like he's still playing really well. Yeah, and it's weird to say that. Uh, Gordon Hayward is starting to play better. Going for thirty five the other day. So it's. I think you start to see steps in the right direction, and when playoffs come around, this team will be very dangerous and a headache to deal with. Whether they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals is a different conversation. Yeah, but I think they will turn around because of Brad Stevens, because of Kyrie coming back. He's injured right now. I think they just have enough to put it together and. They're a team you probably don't want to play seven times in a row. No. And that's the thing is, like, does Philly want to play Boston seven times in a row? Ben Simmons doesn't want to go up to the state of Massachusetts ever again. No. That's the thing. Like, they've lost both games, I think, so far um, to to the Celtics. I don't know. No. Boston Boston is a good team. And they could pull it away, too. They could turn turn this thing around and end up going on a ridiculous win streak they yeah. did at the beginning of last season. I could see it. That's, I'm hopeful. <laughs> That's your team, Matt. I know it is. <laughs> That's your team. You didn't want to put them on here because you didn't want to seem like a homer. Kind of. <laughs> uh, I don't have much to say about the Thunder. I've watched a lot of games. On, they're good. They're good. Period. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, they're second in the West, which is weird. Um, I wasn't expecting that at all this year. Anyways, enough Homer talk. Um, let's get to our New Year's resolutions. Four teams or four players? Matt? So, I, I have a team for my first one. Mm. So, I started out, we've we've briefly uh, hinted at them. Indiana. So the Pacers have been really impressive um, so far. They're currently sitting at third in the East at 26 and 12, which I thought they would be good. That'd be a team like you just you catch them on a bad night and they'll they'll kind of beat you up. Yep. But they're they're so much better than I thought they would be already. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means and that also means like Oladipo's missed like 11 games yep. this year with some knee soreness. So to put together uh, a set of games the way they have and really take advantage of of their schedule, uh, I think is is really important um, because 
their schedule is about to get so much more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, using basketball reference, at the time I looked, they'd had the second easiest schedule so far in the NBA, which, again, you're playing in the East, so you're going to get really bad teams um, just more often than you will in the West. And so you're always going to be on the lower end of schedule difficulty, but it's going to get harder. It's not going to stay this easy. Um, so that's why I'm curious with the Pacers. Oladipo's back. But is... Is that and what they have put together so far going to be enough to maintain this level of, of consistency and winning um, when you have to play the Bostons and the Phillies and the Torontos and the Milwaukee's more often? What does impress me uh, about the team is that they're number one in uh, team defensive rating, third in opponent's effective field goal percentage, and third in opponent turnover percentage, meaning you can't score against them. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. So resolution would be maintain this defense yeah because they're i mean what they're like the only team in the league that's like top five in every major statistical category on defense and i just i see that generally keeping for them maybe it's not first second third and everything but if you can be top eight in every major category i think that's really impressive um and I think that's possible for them. Now, my one thing that they could get better at is please shoot more threes. <laughs> so they're top five in the NBA, again, in three-point percentage on nice. offense. Great. They are 28th in three-pointers attempted. Yikes. Not great. Um, but they have dudes who can shoot threes. And I think that's the part that gets me a little bit is why does this team not try to put up more and I know part of it's they want to control the pace of the game they want Oladipo to just kind of work on his own and then Miles Turner Devonis Sabonis kind of work on the inside that young I get it but like Boyan Bogdanovich you got Tyreek Evans who's played poorly but I think can play better yeah Really, Oladipo's the only one on this team that's taken threes at a consistently high rate. And he's taking about six a game, I think. Everyone else is four or below. I think Boyan should be closer to six. I think Miles Turner. Yeah. Miles Turner's only taken like a one or two a game. I would like to see him more at like that four or five range. Yeah. I want him so badly to play like the Brook Lopez role on offense of he's he's shooting threes. Yeah. And then he'll He'll dive to the basket on a pick and roll. Like, that's what I want from Miles Turner. I think that could open up their offense. Sabonis, he takes like one three on average every like five games. I would love to see that like one a game, at least just something else. I think that just unlock this team so much more than they already have. And and that to me would make them like a contender in the East. Right, right now, there's the team that I don't want to face in the playoffs. Right. You know, in that, like that first or second round, but I don't know. To me, like if you can do that, that expands you to being maybe an Eastern Conference Finals team. And I think that would be huge for a team that everyone just jumped all over when they made the Paul George trade. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? You're just setting your team ablaze, and it didn't. It's actually it worked out. Quick, it was a quick turnaround for them. Yeah, and so. Maybe they're on an accelerated timeline, similar to like how Philly and Boston are accelerated timelines. But you're here. Yeah. So, I mean, this is as good of a chance as any to, to take advantage of it. So I'd love to see them expand that offense just a little bit more. Absolutely. We talked about them right before the break. And uh, I think the question in the East is, 
can you win the playoffs? But the sub-question that is, can you beat LeBron? Yeah. And they came real close. That's the thing. They looked as good as any team last year in the East in terms of beating LeBron on a consistent day-in, day-out basis. Any part it's like, part of that's the defense. Yeah. Like, they're going to make the game just really slow and difficult for five, six, seven games in a row, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, they are just going to drain the shot clock. Honestly, it's when Oladipo gets a little too shot happy that the Pacers start looking like a worse team. I wonder where he learned that from. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know anything about Sub-tweet that. tweet <laughs> there. Um. Uh, so my first... And I have a player here on my New Year's resolution, and his resolution is hit more free throws. For the love of God, Lonzo Ball <laughs> needs to hit more free throws. He's currently shooting. I didn't realize when the Thunder played the Lakers the other night, they brought this up on a graphic, and I didn't realize it. But he was shooting, he's currently shooting 42.9% from the line. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's so all, bad. All right, DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Like, it's so bad. Like, for a guy who's shooting, like, what, th- in mid-30s from three? Yeah. How, yeah, like... no touch at the free throw line. It blows my mind. He And last year, he shot 45%. I had no idea. <laughs> like, we, we kind of get on Ben Simmons for being, like, a bad shooter and everything. And Lonzo has a somewhat three-point shot. So right. So, we kind of, like, take it easy on him. We being, like, the world. Right. But, like, this is really bad. This is bad. Like, in the, in that Thunder game that I was watching, um, he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Like, he couldn't play important minutes in the fourth quarter because the Thunder were just going to foul him. Yeah. Send him to the free throw line. Okay, make one, one, maybe one of two, maybe oh of two. Yeah. We'll take it down and score. And now we're at a, a advantage because... You can't, and it, it's crazy because he's such a good playmaker. Like I've watched a couple mm-hmm. of the Lakers games, and he's a really good defender too. Yeah. Like he's not elite defense yet. Don't get me wrong, he's good. He's a really good defender. Probably better, one of the best defenders. Probably second best behind say. LeBron. Yeah. Um, he has really good. Like he's good on the fast break. He's good on. Uh, getting blocks on point guards yeah. because he's a little bit bigger than most point guards. He's a really good defender, so you need him on the floor. And when he's off the floor, the Lakers kind of just fell apart and the Thunder won the game. Well, that's the thing. Like, Rondo has been able to hide a lot of these things because he's played pretty well when he's been in. But as you mentioned in the news, like, he's out. Mm-hmm. Like, he's had another hand injury now, the second one this year, and he's out for a few weeks. So it's... The spotlight's back on Lonzo, especially now with LeBron out also. Right. Like, it's it's all about Lonzo playmaking, and he has to be on the floor. Like, they are running out of dudes. Like, they need warm bodies on the court. And it even hurt even more because Kuzma was out that game, too, with <laughs> yeah. a back injury. Yeah. Which you can't... If it... Of those three guys out, you you can't reasonably expect the Lakers to, to put together a string of wins. But you would like to see Lonzo at least, like act like he belongs on the floor with Russell yeah. Westbrook. Like, not as good, but on the floor with him. And couldn't. Yeah, he could. It was it was crazy to me. I mean, like, and my last point here, if the Lakers want to make a deep, deep playoff run, they need to be... It, it, Point blank, they need him to be better at the free throw, free throw line because they yeah. need him on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, or on the side of the court. I was thinking football. Uh, <laughs> uh, wild card Sundays today. I'm, I'm a little amped for that. But um, they need him on that side of the court, and like 
it's a much different team. Like the the Lakers are much better defensively. They're better yeah. in their rotations. They're better in their pick and roll defense. It's just it's going to be an interesting thing to watch for the Lakers if he gets better because he needs to. Like he needs to shoot at least seventy percent from the line. Yeah, like that's I, a reasonable expectation for a, for a guard. That's yeah, that's perfectly reasonable. I'm thinking like, you know, he hasn't been in the playoffs yet. Yeah. Playoff rotations shrink. Like you, you go down to like eight guys. Yeah. He has to be one of those eight guys. Like you, you have to have enough people. Like you have, you know, Ing- I'm just looking through the roster right now. So like Ingram, Ball, Kuzma, Hart, Rondo, LeBron, and then I mean probably JaVale and Tyson Chandler. That's eight. I left off Caldwell Pope and Lance Stevenson. Yeah. But like Lance Stevenson's hard, ha- having a hard time getting minutes yeah. now. So to me, that like that's your eight. Like yeah. unless Caldwell Pope is taking your minutes, like th- that's your eight for the playoffs. And like you have to have those guys. To if he can't be that, then they're not gonna get too far. Like and maybe their expectations shouldn't be that they get you know to the Western Conference Finals. But you have LeBron. You have LeBron. That's therefore that's the kicker here. Therefore, you should be better. You should be better. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they rotate because they need shooting also. And it, Ingram, I, he shot a three. Like, he tried to step into a three. And I was like, oh, my God. You look the most uncomfortable human being shoot, shooting a three. And, like, I've seen videos of Ben Simmons taking threes. Like, Ben Simmons looks more comfortable taking a quarter yeah. three than Ingram look, taking a step, step into three. Yeah, I don't know. Lakers are an interesting case study. Bunch of young guys and LeBron. Not not his usual MO. Makes you wonder, like, this this is completely off topic. Does KD see this and be like, I'm not going to the Knicks. Like, I can't can't go to the Knicks because if LeBron can't take this group of better young players, how how am I supposed to take the Knicks (laughs) and make them something without additional things coming in place also. So, yeah. Just it, separate, but... That's an interesting uh, sub subplot to this. I I think the Warriors play the Knicks here this week. I hope that so. That was going to be my game of the week, just to <laughs> see. <laughs> just because, like... What kind of recruiting do the Knicks yeah, do? <laughs> yeah. How, how good is it? Anyway, um, your next New Year's resolution person, so, team, whatever it is. So, I got a player. Um, I try to do a team and a player. So... I'm going with Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul's been out um, for for a few games. Uh, he's up to 11 now um, at the time of this recording. So my New Year's resolution for Chris Paul is understand your role on this team. So my first big idea here is I need Chris Paul to go into a dark room and rewatch the Warriors-Rockets <laughs> games on repeat until you understand who you truly have on your team. Like... I know, I think Daryl Morey and some other people were kind of moving James Harden up to MJ status on the offensive oh end. I'm not saying that. That's a little too rich for my blood. But he's been on the best, I mean, what, 10-game streak of his entire life? I mean, right now? <laughs> it's like every other night he's dropping 40. I like know. Like, he doesn't even have to step on the floor, and it's like, on about yeah. points. I mean, it's close to a triple-double and everything. Like, he's just carried this team lately now in saying that 
Houston without Chris Paul, and I'm counting the Miami game where he got hurt because mm. he only played like five minutes. Yeah. Um, without Chris Paul, Houston is six and five. Now, four of those losses were the first four where he was out. Yeah. So, Understandable there, but they've been on a tear without him since. I still think they're only around a 500-ish team with without Chris Paul. I think they need him. But when he does play, they're a 500 team when he shoots more than 12 times. They're 5-5. Five and five. When Chris Paul plays but shoots 12 or less times, they are 11-6. and six. To me, and again, that's not counting the Miami game. Yeah. Um, to me, that just says, like, Chris Paul's role in this team needs to be purely distributor. Like, obviously, like, you need him to score. Like, you need him to put up shots. But in 12 or less shots, you can still go to the free throw line. You can still put up 15 to 18 points a game if you're reason- if you're reasonably efficient. Like, we yeah. know he can be. Like, saying 12 or less shots, like, that's not, like you're never putting the ball up. Like, that just means, like, you're not looking to score every time you touch the ball. You're smart about what you take. Yeah, you're you're picking and choosing your places to go attack based off of James Harden doing ridiculous things and making the defense react to him. I think that's what I'm... When I say understand your role in this team, that's what I mean. Like, this is James Harden's team. Like, you do whatever the defense dictates off of James Harden. To me, um, he's James Harden's been running this offense. He's at 34 points per game this uh, year, eight and a half assists. Good lord! I think to me, this last point is also like part of the resolution of understanding your role. Currently, Chris Paul is shooting 35 percent from three, which is a good number. He's at when he does play, he's at five and a half, uh, almost six attempts per game. My problem is this is the fourth worst uh, percentage of three-point shooting in his career. He's been in the league for 14 years. Mm-hmm. This is the fourth worst. So he's normally closer in that 38 to 40 range. If he can get there, and that just means just a little bit better, a little bit more respectable, I think that's a huge difference for this team because then it's he's a spot-up shooter based off of James Harden. He can be a guy that is the recipient of a driving kick rather than being the driving kick so often. Or he can... I would love to see Chris Paul and the rest of this team, the James Ennises, the Gerald Greens, the Daniel Houses, be so much better at cutting off the ball. And to me, like there's just so many wide open places like that James Harden can get you the ball if you're willing to move. Now, maybe part of it's just staying in the corner and that's the offense and that's what you're told to do. But I would love to see them take advantage so much more on like back cuts and different things like that too. Especially if the three's not going and like Gerald Green's had a bad year. Like Daniel House is playing well, but he's on a two way and they gotta make a decision on him. <laughs> like like that's just the thing. Like this team has guys who can shoot okay, but I would love to see them take more advantage of the space that Harden is creating as the leader on this team and the offensive juggernaut that he's proven he can be on a consistent basis. Yeah, that's Houston like they're fifth in the West. I still don't know. Like, what that means? Like, are they going to be a playoff team? Like, I kind of talked, brought it up earlier. What does this team look like when it's fully healthy? And, like, how does, like, their spacing work back out? In theory, it should be better. Like In theory, it should be. If you put Eric Gordon and Chris Paul on the floor and say, you just have to play off of James Harden, like, 
and they truly like embrace that role and Clint Capella keeps playing at the ridiculous rate that he's playing at right Oh, he's now. been way better. He's, way better this yeah. <laughs> at this point of the season yeah. than he was at the beginning of the season. So like capitalizing on all these things, like to me that just makes the Rockets like one of the most dangerous teams in the league and therefore like gets them back to that conversation of competing for a championship. Yep. It's just Will it, like you're saying, will it actually materialize? And it's another interesting thing I think you kind of brought up is what does this team look like when James Harden doesn't score 45 (laughs) points a night? Like, what does it look like when he scores like 28? They lose. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it might be be that simple, but like, can CP3 have a night where he goes super efficient but scores 25 to 30 points? Well, James, James is not scoring like. I think that's reasonable. For Chris Paul to score that much still, like, not per game, but in yeah. a game. But, again, to me, like, it's all... To me, this offense needs to be fully built around James Harden. Like, yeah. whatever James Harden is doing, like, you play off of it. And if it gets to a situation to where, like, you're playing the Jazz, and they they just say, like, we're a good defensive team, we're going to take away James Harden, then that means, like, someone's open. Someone or someone's are, are open. And to me, like, that's usually... A guy waiting for a, a kick out or Clint Capella diving. Clint Capella's been playing that role perfectly the last five or so He games. understands his role. Yeah, he does. <laughs> now, to everyone else, whether that's CP3, Eric Gordon, or anyone else on that team, understand the role of you might just have to be ready to shoot at all times. And if that's your role, that's your role. Like, you may think you can do more than that, and you can do more than that. But on this team, to be the best it can be, like, that has to be your, your role. And maybe it's one of those, like, you stagger Harden and Paul Moore to get Paul Moore opportunities, like, yeah. on his own to, like, I don't know, make him feel better. But, like, <laughs> Adjust I, some chemistry yeah. issues there. But, like, that comes to Dan Tony like, managing that. And to me, Chris Paul, like, you said you're in your 14th year, I think, 14, 15th mm-hmm. year. Like, at this point, like, you're trying to win a championship. You, if Dan Tony and James Harden say like this is the best thing to help us win a championship, buzz off, <laughs> like do it. Because yeah. otherwise, like this is it. Like yeah. you got a couple more decent years in you. This right. Is, like take advantage of this. Take advantage of one of the greatest offensive players of the last ten years. We'll say that. We'll yeah. go Michael Jordan level. What are the last ten years on your team on the hottest streak of his career? Let him put it in the bucket. Um, also, side note, is Clint Compello like one of the most uh, unlucky players? Like with the way he's been playing and his contract he got this summer. Yeah. Like if he if his contract was like a year later, like this summer. Well, he had a qualifying offer he could have took for like I want to say it was like four or five million dollars, um, and then he would have been an unrestricted free agent this upcoming mm. summer. But I mean, he wasn't worth four or five million dollars. He was worth. $20 million. Yeah. And that's about what they got him for. They got him for like $18 million a year, I think. Which is good. So, I yeah, mean, that's still good. What is Steven Adams on? Like, I want to say he's... 15? 15 I want to say he's a lot. Yeah, probably more. Now he's probably more than the 18, I yeah. think. But yeah, the, the point of like good centers make like really... I wouldn't say elite centers, but like just that tier underneath make just shot... I shy of $20 million a year. Yeah. So Steven Adams, Clint Capella, like that idea. Andre Drummond, things like that. So, probably like, he probably could have got more this summer, 
But at the same time, he took like a five-year deal. That's five years of security for a big man who you you don't know what's going to happen when you're right. a vertical player like he is. He just goes above the rim. To me, like you just are so much more prone to injury. Like you had to take that deal. Right. So yeah. I don't blame him, but it's $90 it's million. Kind of, it's, a, it's just like what could have been. What could have been. Uh, I thought that was an interesting point someone brought up on Twitter. Um, anyway, my last uh, team here is the Philadelphia 76ers. Good God. <laughs> I feel like we bring them up every once in a while, more often than not, because... They keep doing things. They get, they're, they're, they're an interesting team, I think. Uh, and I know I use the word interesting a lot, but in this case, their New Year's resolution is figure out this chemistry and slash is Jimmy Butler in your future. Yikes. <laughs> you have to answer that question because right now they're currently fourth in the East. Not bad. Which is good. They're like 26 and 14, I think. 40 games in. Yep, 26 and 14. Um, Jimmy Butler apparently, reportedly, had came at Brett Brown in a film study session um, about the, his role in the offense and, like, the offense. Big surprise there, right? Like, Jimmy Butler coming out of coach. He's like, not happy. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? The crazy thing to me is, I looked up their offensive rating. They're 13th in offensive rating. Yeah. So, it's not like... fine. It's not like they're awful. No, but it doesn't feel good watching them play offense a lot of the time. I mean, that's true. They also don't use a lot of traditional pick and roll things because of their spacing spacing issues yeah. with, between Joel and Bede and like you can't put Joel and Bede and Ben Simmons in a pick and roll, roll because they'll like, just sag off. Yeah, let's go under every time and dare Ben Simmons to do something on the perimeter, which is fine. Like you, uh, Brett Brown I think has smartly avoided that. So they're more in a free-flowing offense. But the other part of this is Joel and Bede has Commented within the last month on offensive issues about playing yeah. too much outside. So now you, ha- Brett Brown has a situation on his hands where he has two super, one superstar, one MVP level player, yeah. who Joel Embiid is an MVP level player, and another person who they just traded for a couple months ago, and Jimmy Butler, who's not happy with the offense. What is Ben Simmons going to come out next and say like this offense is trash or what? Yeah, there's just so many problems. I don't, and we've talked about this. Like, can this team succeed with these set of superstars on the same team long term? I generally said no, but like, part of me is like they're like you said they're still 13th in offense and they're probably I imagine better in defense. I think um, they're. Mm, I have it right here. Defensive rating. They are not top 10. They are 11th. Okay. So, top 15 in both categories. Yeah. Better, better than most. Teams can be for both, if you're considering that. And they've won a lot of close games. <sighs> they I, also got blown out in Portland by, like, did. 40. They did. I, I understand, like, the... The... Like feelings of this isn't working from both Jimmy Butler and Joel and Pete because watching the um, the Christmas Day game that we highlighted earlier, like Joel and Pete just dominated Boston in the post. Like there was nothing Boston could do 
about it. Like Al Horford every now and again could give him some issues, but like it was pretty consistent. Like if they gave the ball to Joel on the block, it's points. It was yeah, it was two points. Um, I'm sure on some level he feels like Al Horford's a good defender. How many centers are not good defenders? Could I, like they just be taking advantage of, and they just don't? Or Jimmy Butler like feeling like this offense should be on the perimeter run through him right it's not he can back cut and do all the like really nice other things that he does so well but on some level i'm sure like it's one of those like yes i can do it i i will do it but that doesn't make me like want to be here or enjoy this or anything like that which then like you said brings up problems in the off season who's going to be around so and that's the second like he's a free agent this summer so are they going to bring him back are you giving that guy a five-year max? Does he want a five-year max? Probably not. Does he want like a, you know, the classic KD or LeBron one, one plus one. one? Yeah, maybe even a two and one. I don't know, something like that. Do you want to give that to him? Personally, the 76ers need to go after Kawhi. Like that's the that's the better fit here than Jimmy Butler ever will be because yeah. of some of these offensive issues and whatever else. But, like, the chances of you swaying Kawhi, I mean, like, you don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. Like, yeah. it's like the Lakers betting on Kawhi coming to L.A. It's like you don't know. He's having a fantastic year in Toronto. Toronto could go win the championship this year, and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm staying here. I, part of me is like, I just, I don't know what your trajectory is for the, as, like, for Philly. If, like... If that's not in your cards, like if Kawhi or a KD is not in your realm of possibilities, it's not clean for them. Like nothing is clean because no. like the two stars they have don't necessarily fit. It's not like a Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant situation because those players it made sense. It was yeah. a swingman and guard. It's a point forward here and a center and like yeah. that's never. Yeah, it hasn't really panned out in this version of the NBA yet. No. And part of me is like, there's so much talent there. It should be able to at least manifest in a good way at some point. But again, they're on that accelerated timeline. Like, are they feeling like they need to do everything to win now rather than like, no, these guys are still like 23 and under. Like, let's develop this over the next couple of years. And who knows what's going on with Marco Fultz? Yeah, that's just like he's being reevaluated now. Like. It's been a while. Apparently, he's gotten some like range of motion back. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I don't. That's the thing you can't is like even bank on that though. Yeah, you don't know. Like he's essentially, I like if you're looking at this from a roster standpoint, like you can't bank on that. You, you're probably thinking like he's probably not coming back this season. I would assume not at this point. And again, like, if we're talking about playoff rotations, like, that's eight-ish guys. Like, would he even, like, if he comes back in a decent, like, level of play, would he even qualify as, like, a top eight player for what this team needs? Probably not. I'd say it's, like, borderline. And, like, that's really bad talking about a number one overall pick. Yeah. Who you think can be, like, a difference maker. That you thought could be a difference maker. And you're in the know. East. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. It's 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 an interesting situation with the 76ers. And 2019 is going to be a really interesting year for them because they have to figure out all these things in a hurry. Like, it's not like, oh, well, Jimmy, but we have Jimmy Butler for at least another season. Yeah. So we can put this off for another year. But, like, playoffs come around. 
I don't, if I don't, they draw Indiana in that first round in the 4-5 matchup... I don't know if I'm picking them. Yeah, and how mad would Jimmy Butler be Oof. if you lost in the first round to Indiana? He would say, I'm out. See ya. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm done. <laughs> I'm packing up my here. locker. I'm not even coming to the exit interviews. See you later. I think the one kicker here, we've, we've harped on Ben Simmons saying he's not shooting. We've seen videos now of him taking warm-up threes in the corner. It's not pretty. Yet. He doesn't jump. <laughs> he doesn't jump. But he, why not take one shot a game? One shot every, like, five games. Just try it. You don't know until you try, yeah. until you fail. Like, yeah. you can't... Like, why are you taking warm-up jump shots if you're not willing to take it in the game? That's a good like, point. Like, just once. Let like, it fly. Let it fly. What what's the worst gonna happen? Oh, you make it. Oh, now they have to start closing out on you. Oh, you can blow by whoever you're guarding. Yeah. That's even better. That's a good point. Like, I would. I don't know if it's a Brett Brown thing, if it's a Ben Simmons thing. I don't know what thing it is that's holding it back. But at this point in the year, like, you need something else to change. And I don't feel like a trade is really in the cards for this team. And Just I get like it. And I get it. Like, in. there's better. Like you said, Joel Embiid. Throw it to him in the post. Well, guess what? If you're playing Houston, they're coming. If you while you score two, James Harden's coming down and scoring three. Yeah, and they're just gonna beat you with math, like they just are. That's why part of me is like, even Boston takes a million threes now. Like they like took forty five the other day. <laughs> that, that's just like, this NBA. You take a whole bunch of threes. It's the Daryl Morey NBA. This is. is this is his. This is his kingdom. We're just living in that. It just is just a whole bunch of threes and layups. Hey, I like threes and layups. The, I mean, it's most efficient, right? <laughs> Every time we're at a pickup game, uh, I always take inefficient twos, and I just yell, <laughs> inefficient two. And if it goes in, it goes in. I get it. But if it doesn't, then it's just a long rebound and a transition layup. Right? No That's point in taking it. Just take a couple steps back. Um, anyways, I think... I. I think the 76ers are the team to watch in the East. They n- might not be the best team, but they have the most interesting subplots around yeah. their team. I agree. Um, and that's including Boston, who has a million and one stars and is re- going to be really good for the next, like, 15 years. But, <laughs> uh, let's, go, let's move on to our game of the week, Matt. Let's wrap this podcast up. So a couple teams you talked about um, for my game of the week. I have Pacers at Celtics on Wednesday, January 9th, 6 p.m. Central Time. Uh, I was really in a toss-up. I didn't know who I'd pick this one, so I'm giving the home court advantage. Um, Boston winning 103 to the Pacers, 100. Mm, I'm excited. I... There, not very many good games when you're looking at this week's lineup yeah. of games, but there are a couple. I think this one's not uh, super important, but it has some playoff ramifications. I have the Lakers at Jazz Friday, January 11th at 9 p.m. Central. Uh, it's broadcast on ESPN. I think the Jazz will win 110 to the Lakers 106. Start of the Jazz next run? I think it will be, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> or Maybe. just keep being 500. I, ju- I don't know. I just... I haven't seen enough from Donovan Mitchell this year to be like, yeah, you can you can carry this team through a... That's a good point. Through a streak. And, like I said, the Lakers have time issues. And no LeBron, so... 
<laughs> that equates to a loss. Understandably. Well, that's all we have for you this week on the Couch GM Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 12. Um, remember to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod. Uh, find us on Facebook, Couch GM Podcast. Um, we would appreciate a follow or like, whichever platform you prefer, even though Twitter is the better, better platform. I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back next week.